Here at Renew Energy Partners, climate change is very important to us, and so is beer. In every episode of the Green Beers podcast, we taste a beer together. We talk about the brewery and their sustainability practices. And then we talk about a topic relating to our work in decarbonizing buildings and mitigating climate change. Welcome to Green Beers. I'm Mike Savage, and today I'm joined with Charlie Laura, Nathan Montgomery, and Carter Capella. Wonderful. All righty. Uh, very exciting day. We, we have um, a, a wonderful beer today. We have a beer today. Uh, it'll be the, uh, <laughs> the, the Miller, <laughs> Miller High Life, the, the champagne of beers. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Can, can we do something before we start? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's sort of a call and response thing. Okay, so I'm going to say we are living, and then you guys go, the high life. Okay, ready? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> we are living. The high life. The high life. life. The high life. <laughs> Wait, the or high? Wow. I think it's the high life. Horrible chorus. <laughs> the high yeah, life. Miller High Life today, people. Very exciting. I'm going to pour this beer because I'm actually, I think we'll probably get feedback on this. Because there are probably people that believe you should drink Miller High Life right out of the bottle or can, but I want to treat the Miller High Life like I do any other beer. All right. Fair enough. The champagne so of beers was deserves a glass. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that I guess so. Yeah, it deserves a flute. Um, deserves a bottle it, at least. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Carter's drinking it out of a can. <laughs> Cheers. In 1906, Frederick Miller came up with a premium beer, held a contest to name it. The champagne of bottled beer was won, and they've been selling um, Miller High Life out of these awkward little champagne-type bottles ever since. Oh, I wondered about that, because there's no other beer that has that bottle shape. I got to tell you, I know we're waiting to the end. I just enjoyed my first sip a lot. Yeah, this... It's a great beer. I'm telling you guys. Yeah, this does come on, Mike. This, oh, this is my fault. Here, it comes on Carter's recommendation, <laughs> right? It does certainly remind, give me good memories of uh, going to college in Wisconsin. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm all for it. Just like Mike Savage is all for it. I mean, it, it is a good beer. Yeah, that's... It's not, it's not a bad beer. That's, that's, um, it's a good beer. Um, it's just not something that's like full of, you know, we'll save it for the end there. You, um, you'll have to guess where I was going there. Uh, but today we, we are but joined just by... again, <laughs> we are living the high life, high life, the high life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Mike. Okay. All right. Carter, uh, you are a project engineer here at Renew. Um, uh, you want to kick things off with, uh, I feel like we got some great questions for you. Um, you are our second project engineer, and what, what's that? I am. What, what's your background? Uh, my background. So I come from a. I joined Renew back in December, and I came from a, a engineer, procure, construct, contractor, some similar to the people we work with, uh, implementing carbon efficiency, carbon reduction projects. Um, so I've got some experience, a couple of years. In, in doing those type of projects, and I wanted to get a little more exposure to sort of the other side of, of this business and uh, work on 
some larger projects and some more interesting, some more interesting stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's been great, great five months so far, and pretty excited to see where the next cool. few years go. Well, welcome, Carter. Uh, you've been with us for a while, and you've already you you jumped in with two feet, helping us develop proposals for some very exciting projects and taking point now on our projects in Utah. Um, you and your fiance just drove across country. You want to give us some highlights from your transition from the world headquarters in Boston out to be our, our Utah outpost? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I was living directly across the street from the office. I was the closest employee. And well, I'll never forget when you, ago. when you came in to interview and I said, where'd you come from? And you pointed out the window at your building. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think in the first phone interview, we realized we were about 100 yards Exactly. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Right. But uh, we, almost two weeks ago now, man, I've been here a week. That's, that's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, I, I packed up my car, little RAV4, with Jillian, my fiance. We left Boston. It took us about a week. Um, we got a, a couple of detours in. We went through South Dakota over I-90. Stopped at the world's only corn palace in Mitchell, South Dakota, which was a great detour. Did Badlands National Park. Did uh, the Black Hills. And we actually got stuck in South Dakota for about 24 hours. A, a surprise blizzard hit us while we were near the Badlands. So we hunkered down, delayed by a day, and yeah, came into Salt Lake on Sunday. Set up. The apartment's still pretty empty, but I'm on the couch we finally have a couch. Got it delivered from Costco yesterday. Perfect timing to to do get, the pod. get your snacks and and couch. It Costco's a one stop shop. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't even haven't even ordered DoorDash or GrubHub once since I've been here. It's a culture shock from Boston. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they it's uh it's been great so far, and Utah's. Definitely living up to my expectations. It's amazing. I can see the mountains right out my window. That's very cool. Well, it sounds like a great road trip. I'm, I'm a huge road trip fan, and uh, it sounds like fun. I'm glad you guys took that opportunity. And as, as someone who has also visited the Corn Palace, the only freestanding building made entirely of corn, I recommend it as a tourist destination, even. Would I you think it was the most interesting thing in Mitchell, South Dakota, it for is. sure. <laughs> Would you cross state lines to go there? No, but if you're on I-90, absolutely stop. Yeah, if you're going to the Badlands, that's actually my partner had, on her trip to the Badlands had stopped at the Corn Palace before. So, Carter, I showed the I showed the picture that you sent without any context, and she goes, oh, the Corn Palace. I've been there. <laughs> well, it does go to show you that, you know, if you've got uh, 60 miles between exits and uh, eight exits in South Dakota or whatever it is, uh, all you need to do is build a building entirely out of corn to get people off the highway. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Carter, are you a, a road trip gamer? You know, were there any license plate games, uh, padiddle, padaddle, like any, any good things going on there? <laughs> I can't say I played too many games. We did listen to a couple of good books on tape, uh, but that was pretty much all my, all of my entertainment. Um, yeah, we listened to a book uh, about the Native American leader Red Cloud. It was called "The Heart of Everything That Is." Super interesting book. It's really a little dense and pretty historical, but it was set 
in the Badlands. And that, so that red cloud was from the Sioux nations. Yeah, right? it was yeah. Lakota Sioux. Wow. Um, only, only uh, native chief to ever, you know, definitively best the U.S. Army. Oh yeah, I knew I'd, I'd read about him. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, quick lightning round. Favorite uh, uh, road trip game. <laughs> I mean, twenty questions. Nathan. Twenty questions. How about you, Nathan? Favorite road trip game? Uh, I mean, yeah. can't, can't go wrong with I Spy. You know, that's a that's an easy one, tried and true. Yeah, for me, it's the license plate game. You can go hours looking for Q. <laughs> <laughs> you can get you can get a full day in playing the license plate game. This is embarrassing. I feel like I don't uh, don't know any others. I guess that's why I wasn't playing any. Well, we'll we'll prep you for when you drive back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Carter, uh, I believe we're drinking Miller High Life because it was your first beer. Am I right about that? Um, I believe. I believe that's where this all came from. Yeah. I don't really remember the exact conversation, but upon further reflection, I think that that's incorrect. I think my first beer was a Yingling, Yingling Lager. Okay. Pennsylvania's finest. Ohio. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. But Miller High Life was probably number two or three. Okay. Well, so when you, ha- when you come back, we'll do the Yingling sessions. Okay. <laughs> I can't get that out here, I don't think. And so what is your favorite beer? If, if there is... Yeah, while I like the light ones, I, I I'd say my favorite is a beer from a brewery called Rohrbach in Rochester. It's called Space Kitty. It's a it's like a double IPA, I believe, but it's it's good. It kind of reminds me of Heady Topper. It's like pretty pretty intense IPA, but nice. I think I've yeah. tried it. Space oh, Kitty. I think I've tried it. It's a good. You've one. had it, Nathan. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's got you know the funky funky label. I'm I'm pretty sure. It's got a Space Kitty. On we the need front. to find. Yeah. We need to find a supplier that can get us, you know, you know, hyper local beers because, you know, as, as we the, the most exciting thing for me about the the uh, ranking rundown from two pods ago, which is the first time we actually looked at our scores, was that Urban Chestnut from St. Louis is in the top five. I love that. You got to go to St. Louis to get it. So I, I, think, I think we need someone who can so- help us source Space Kitty and and beers like that. All right. Any listeners who uh, are uh, alcohol, uh, good with alcohol sourcing, uh, feel free to email info at renewep.com. Exactly. <laughs> we need help with this. <laughs> so, Carter, if you ha- could have a beer with anybody in humankind history before or after, or I mean, uh, alive or dead, uh, <laughs> Cool yeah. to be. After the after today. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, I knew this question was coming and I, I still only barely prepared. Uh but I, I think the answer is gonna have to be Carl Sagan. All right. I, I'm a big fan. Um he I'd say he influenced he's 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 somewhat of an idol of mine. I mean he's got big advocacy for critical thinking, the whole scientific method that were pretty formative in you know, we were watching cosmos or whatever it is in uh middle school and elementary school and uh just just big memories and really formative in how i kind of view the world and also on top of that just an incredible communicator and presenter in a way that i 
kind of wish I could. I got to say, I just love that. So Carl Sagan is a huge hero of yours. Am I right about that? Definitely. Inspiration? That's Definitely. beautiful. It's a strong um, answer. Why, thank you. <laughs> well, I got to say, our, our, our beer night, the Renew His, History Alive or Dead beer night is an absolutely fascinating collection of people at this point. Very eclectic. <laughs> I mean, I would go to that. I would go to that beer. I would go to that beer garden. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a... Yeah, Nina, a, Nina, Nina Simone popped up on my, uh, on my Spotify um, not too long ago. She's great. She's, She's com- great. Coming through. She was I amazing. have to say, Nathan, when I listened to that episode, I did know who Nina Simone was. I'm a big fan as well. Thank so. you, Carter. Nice. If anybody wants to, you know, they're <laughs> feeling good's a great track, but if, if, if you want to do a deep dive, it's the her cut of Revolution, the live version that she played in Harlem, which is a remake, a rewrite of the Beatles song Revolution. Fantastic. Wow. That's, I would I cool. highly recommend it's on YouTube. That's my plug. I Very will. Cool. I'll add it to the uh, to the. I'll just ask. Um, you know, the the. I, I don't want to say it because then it'll just start going. But the 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 thing that's always listening that's not invading or is invading our privacy. But anyway, let's let's treat the Carter. Um, Let's transition to really what, what we're talking about today, which is, you know, large scale manufacturing, um, which I I think is one, one of the most impressive things about Miller and AB and Bev is the fact that they can produce millions and millions of gallons of beer that all taste relatively the same with high quality, no one getting sick, all that. And, um, you know, that's a testament to their quality control and, and just the, the engineering that, that's involved in that. Um, but because of the massive gallons of beer being consumed, it's also a massive amount of energy, and there's a huge opportunity for um, energy efficiency on-site renewables at a at a you know commercial and industrial scale. And I, I think that's really that that nexus is where Renew can come in and and start supporting organizations like these that are you know in this um, consumer market being pushed by stakeholders to decarbonize and. You know, they, they don't know where to start, and it's a, it's a great great place for us to come in and, and provide, you know, turnkey services to, to meet those sustainability goals. Um, but there's also a huge financial burden along with that, and that's where, you know, our turnkey model plays a huge role. Yeah, it's, you know, I love this category, right? Um, large-scale manufacturing. We do have a number of manufacturing customers in different sectors, um, semiconductor, aerospace. Uh, we're talking to auto manufacturers. Um, we're talking to paper and, and paper products. Um, and, uh, you know, I looked up the, 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 the Molson cores, they call it. Is that a part of AB InBev? It, the, the 2021 sustainability report related to Miller is from something called Molson Core. I, I think it's the two but, the two main, right? It's it's AB and then Molson, yeah. the two cores own like 80% of the, the beer market. Right. So the Molson Core. So what's interesting about the Molson Core sustainability report is that, that you know, to get at their scope one, two, and three emissions, 
it's very specific to their industry. So they talk about barley cultivars and you know water uh, water use at, on their farms and and stuff. And then if you think about the other major manufacturers that we work with, the challenges are slightly different in each place. Semiconductors, there's the challenges, reliability, uh, resiliency, um, and you know keeping. Uh, very tightly controlled parameters on their on their manufacturing floor so that they don't lose um, valuable product. Aerospace, um, Carter's actually living this, but you know those those challenges are very specific because some of it is highly technical, some of it involves you know dangerous conditions. Um, paper and pulp, you you know, the issues are slightly different. They have. The, there's a, a potential to use their waste product to create on-site clean energy. So, you know, it's a category with huge carbon emissions opportunities, um, and each of the projects has its own challenges. So it's not plug-and-play. It's not sort of create a simple single playbook and repeat it, right? And I think that very tech complexity is an opportunity. Those companies, as Mike said, are facing the need to decarbonize. They're, uh, the, they're reporting on it now in their annual reports. They're being held to it by their institutional investors or um, uh, and, uh, shareholder groups. They're being held to it by, cu by customers. Um, and they need a partner, or they need a partner who can fund decarbonization in a world where capital budgets are limited and these companies are being allocated to other things, acquisitions, putting in a new production line, right? And they need a partner that's comfortable doing fairly technical projects that are unique to their industry, right? It's not, if you can't come in and say, I have a playbook for you, you know, we're going to re replace your lights, right? It's not about the lights. It's about how do we? How do they make their widgets, and what are the specific opportunities to, to decarbonize in in their own complex environment? Um, and so, I, I just think it's a fascinating area for us to be involved in because each customer has its own challenges, its own technical challenges, but they all have a common need, which is financing to to tackle potentially hundreds of thousands of metric tons of carbon emissions reductions. Um, in a unique way for each one of the customers. You're right, Charlie. And uh, I, I just want to say also that even though it can be really complex for a project like this, the opportunity for carbon reduction here is just enormous. Uh, I ran some quick numbers as the engineer in the group, um, but on Molson Core's website, they're listing 84 million hectoliters sold in 2020. It's a lot of beer. That at about 280 12-ounce beers in a hectoliter, that's 23.5 billion 12-ounce beers. Wow. We're making a tiny and, dent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, this, you know, the crushability is, for a lot of people. It's uh... <laughs> hugely crushable. <laughs> that's right. But if you think about, I mean, even just the simple processes for how they're brewing that beer, they got to take all that water and boil it and then cool it back down again quickly. So, I mean, besides the transportation, the scope two and scope three emissions, there's a baseline energy usage there that, uh, and this is a really rough estimate just based on that one 
operation. But if, if all their operations were in Golden, Colorado, which is where their largest brewery is, that'd be around 300 million uh, uh, MBTU. Sorry, sorry, two two million MBTU over a year, or if they're running continuously, that's three hundred MBTU per hour. That works out to in in uh, your classic move, Charlie. That works out to about the carbon emissions of Braintree, Massachusetts. Wow! Um, <laughs> and that, wow, that's, that's, that's just cool, to Carter. boil that that amount of uh, liquid, essentially. Yeah, and then to cool it. Um, so that's this. There's a two consecutive or simultaneous with how much they're brewing option uh, operations going on. You got to boil it up, heat it up, boil it with the hops in there or barley or whatever, and then cool it down quickly so that you don't have time for other uh, microorganisms to grow and then pitch the yeast in. So it's, wow. you need pretty powerful boilers and then also chillers. Oh. It's actually a really good opportunity for a heat pump. Uh, and I know some breweries are doing this where they run a heat pump where they're pulling energy out of what they need to cool and moving it to the thing they need to heat so you're not introducing new heat. So a little bit experimental, but it's uh, definitely an option. But you know, your reference of that um, is exactly what I was talking, what I was thinking about. Each of these industries has a, uh, as it has a set of uh, manufacturing um, challenges or techniques or, or at the heart of their business and each of those provides an opportunity for decarbonization that's different at scale um, so it requires nuanced technical expertise a comfort with taking a, you know a, a comfort with developing innovative solutions that's different for each company um, it's not readily uh, sort of standard as a standardizable but the carbon emissions reductions are huge if you combine a team that's that's got technical expertise, creativity, and financial backing. Right? As Carter was mentioned, Carter was referencing our own internal um, metric for tracking our progress at decarbonizing the world <laughs> at Renew. And every one of our quarterly meetings now, we evaluate how many carbon the, the metric tons of carbon emissions we're eliminating in a year. And we equate that to a size of a town in Massachusetts. And our projects now um, signed uh, to MOU or, or in construction or operation equate to the carbon emissions of a town called Acton, Mass. Um, the total emissions of Molson Coors are just from its brewing process are equate to a bigger town than Acton, <laughs> Braintree. I think Acton is... Well, I'm going to look up the number of homes, but what we're trying to do here at Renew is get to the point where we are eliminating the metric ton equivalent of the city of Boston, and then we'll go from there. Carbon by carbon, town by town, we will get there. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's um, you know, it's, you know, the simple projects that are sort of the bread and butter of energy efficiency and sustainability, they... They are not going to meet the decarbonization goals or or the um, science-based target metrics that, that are needed to mitigate the, the major effects of, of climate change. So these complex projects, ones where you start talking about, you know, these changes to processes are, are what needs to be done. And that's, that's really where Renew cuts our teeth and, and the, the value we can bring is, you know, we, we understand it. We're, bring, we're the 
We have people like Carter. We have engineers on staff, and we have the financial experts to help solve this and bring in another level of um, knowledge to to these uh, to these problems. So very excited about the future and, and working with you know more more organizations to tackle this. Like Nathan and I were on a conversation today with you know somebody making rugs, right, and try understanding their their heating process for 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 those uh for rugs and then the ovens that are required i mean it's just it's always so unique about the the different processes that are involved in the commercial industrial space and everyone's going to have a very different solution absolutely it's a great point mike and um right i mean so interesting carter to just you know hear hear how your brain's working just looking at these numbers at at uh Molson cores and and because again this is you know that's why it's great working here at Renew getting to work with the fantastic team of engineers like Carter to to solve the you know find these companies that that need these uh, upgrades right need to decarbonize which really should be every company uh, in the world right now and certainly in North America um, and then we're bringing those technical solutions and. Um, that are so that are specialized to every industry that we work in and um i mean first of all incredible you know environmental reasons to do this we do need you know there's a the 24 the climate report un climate report recently saying that we really have until 2040 to reach net zero if we want to uh, prevent certain climate catastrophes from happening um you know um and every company should theoretically right uh should be a no-brainer to uh help bring down emissions of course it, it is it is helpful to have more and more regulations being developed both federally and in different states to incentivize companies to do so because without incentives it does not always work as you know which is really the story of the climate crisis um but even more so to, you know, not only does it, is it, are we in this climate emergency that we're trying to maneuver and, and work in, right, and, and develop our business in and, and develop all of these relationships and decarbonize these manufacturers, um, we're also offering a financial solution, just to bring it back to that, to that finance aspect that, that Charlie started with. And, and how often in the past few years have you read about different manufacturing companies being affected by inflation, being in affected by supply chain issues, you know, having, uh, it's a volatile market out there still, and capital is required to, to keep things afloat. So if there are solutions available, right, that we at Renew, we Renew offer these innovative solutions that, that can help manufacturers decarbonize and reach these these goals that need to be reached for, again, variety of reasons, but especially environmental. Um, but we're providing a financial solution so that they can do that without uh, off balance sheet and not using their capital. Yeah. I mean, building on that, and I, I would love, I want to get Carter's um, sort of take from the engineer side on um, how we tackle complex pro uh projects that, that, that intersect with sort of the specific engineering challenges of any specific com company. Before we get there, um, if you think about this from the corporate perspective, you know, they're managing to shareholder value 
they're looking to increase revenues on year over year. And now in the last 18 months, uh, hundreds of these of the largest companies in the world have set carbon targets. Mike and Nathan and I and the rest of the business development team know from the conversations we're having that all of these companies are pretty much at the same spot. They've beefed up their sustainability teams. They've established their baseline. Some are way ahead. Actually, Molson Coors has been measuring for longer than some other companies. They've set their baseline carbon numbers, and now they've signed on to science-based targets or other uh, measurable targets. Uh, reduction targets or concrete production targets, and they're measuring on an annual or a biannual basis. What that means, and all of them are just getting to this point, I think 2023 and 2024 are going to be the years where major companies, and most of us won't know this, right? But we know because we're talking to them, are setting annual reduction targets and they've quantified how much they have to reduce and they've started to say what do we need to do to reduce that and then they've started to put dollar amounts on it and if you're a even if you're a multi-billion dollar corporation right if you have to if you're looking at three four five hundred million dollars in capital expenses to meet your carbon goals that's not in the business plan right and that's why innovative financing goes hand in hand with decarbonizing major manufacturing. So that's, that's I think, the, uh, the opportunity here from a, the perspective of third-party funding is it, these are, uh, at, at this scale, these are massive capital programs that are not in the budget. Oh, Carter, you, uh, you're, you're, you're pulling the, the classic Zoom. You, you are muted. Oh my goodness! What is this? Twenty twenty. <laughs> um, no, I would like I to beg a bid say... that we keep that in the podcast. App. Don't <laughs> edit that moment. Themselves. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add that you know while these are complex projects, I think the key issue, as you alluded to, Charlie, is is not not knowing where the energy's going. Uh, they're complex, but we have all the tools to address them. And the teams that we're putting together and the teams that we're seeing work on this type of projects, they know what they're doing. And we know where this, we know what needs to be done. We just need to address the cost of capital issue and help, help them achieve it. Yeah. And the capital budgeting issue. Yeah. Which we are well in place to do that. Um, so we'd be very excited to work with more, more organizations like like the Molsons of the world, Molson cores, and uh, I think we'll get there. Um, Carter, uh, do you have a dog by chance? Uh, yeah, did you hear her just now? Did, how, how did that go with the, uh, did she, she road trip out with you? She did. She's an expert car traveler, and she sat uh, in the back seat. We had one of our back seats bolted down. The other one, we stacked a bunch of vacuum sealed bags of clothes on the seat and then put her bed on top of that. So she was like, she was just, she was nice. riding in style. Good for her. She was comfortable. Right. Remind me uh, of her name. That's Chloe. Chloe, right. There. So Chloe's turn, makes turn the camera around for our listeners. Nice. Hey, Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's a, a wonderful dog. Chloe's uh, makeshift dog bed and water bowl are still in world headquarters. And uh, my dog, Stevie, 
took full advantage of them. So it's actually it's great that they're there because um, unless you need us to send them out to you, we have a built-in no. dog-friendly office. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, it's great. Glad to hear it. <laughs> well, uh, let's get down to what the listeners are waiting for. Our our beer reviews for the the champagne of beers. Uh, obviously, they Nathan, do you want to do a quick summary on? on Molson Coors and, and what they're doing on the sustainability front, but they certainly are not um, an organization that's not doing anything. They, they definitely have been putting a lot, a lot of work into this side of it, and, and we commend them for that. So they'll definitely get some, some points, um, but we'd love to hear a quick summary. Absolutely. Um, I would say they've done probably the most amount of work on reducing their water efficiency, which, of course, great thing right They're they're monitoring these things they're putting in some work which is important to achieve sustainability goals um, in terms of their 2025 goals um, they have achieved their goal of decreasing water use efficiency in their agricultural supply by 10 percent and they have a hundred percent of about almost a hundred percent of their barley farmers are uh, working uh, in sustainable agriculture, uh, not as many on the hops front quite yet, but they again they did achieve that 10% water reduction uh, by 2025. Um, in terms of their primary breweries, they were working to uh, bring down that efficiency by 22% to achieve a 2.8 uh, hectoliter per uh, water to beer ratio, um, 2.8 hectoliters of water per one hectoliter of beer. Um, and to date, they have achieved a 3.41 hectoliters of water per hectoliter of beer. So they're not quite to that goal. 2025 is fast approaching. Um, they have reduced 21.1 of their carbon emissions. Uh, they're trying to do 50% by 2025. This is a Molson Coors. Um, so, so again, they're they're so they want a 50% carbon emissions reduction. They're not quite halfway there yet. 2025 is fast approaching. Um, clearly, see some progress. I'm, hey, yeah, please, Nathan, go ahead. I'm looking at their I'm looking at their 2022 ESG report, and by the end of 21, they were at 28 percent reduction from 2016 baseline. Oh, 20 for their scope one and two, mm. and 27 and a half for one, two, and three. Okay, maybe I had a, maybe I had an older ESG yeah. report that I was looking off of. That's that's very possible. So 27 now, then. Yeah, they're getting right. there. I mean, they've got two years to get to the other 25 percent. So it remains to be seen whether they'll get. But that's there. only a six percent increase in one year. So that's you know it's a uh, yeah. they do need to to step it up a bit, and that's where, you know, again we we should. We should uh, praise them for the work that they have done and are doing, but maybe challenge. I would challenge. We could, cha- you know, challenge Molson Coors to uh, go deeper. And they certainly, you know, uh, if they don't want to spend any of their own capital, that's where our sort of solutions could help with that. Yeah, and I, I looking at what they're actually doing on carbon. It's like a playbook for renew. So they they're focused on efficiency first, which is as it should be, and they've done things like implement heat recovery projects at their breweries. So the heat produced in steam generation system is now used to preheat water. Uh, I think, Carter, you're 
looking at variations on that playbook and a bunch of our projects in Utah. And then mm -hmm. the beer specific, yes. the industry specific one is capturing and reusing CO2. But um, it's cool to see, you know, uh, they're just doing the bread and butter stuff. And then, as you say, Nathan, it's probably the easiest 25, seven or 8% that they've done. This next 22% is probably harder and more outside the, uh, the capital budget. Right. Yeah. Right. So again, uh, I mean, I can, uh, if we do want to start off with some beer ratings here. Let's do yep. it. All right. Cause I, Let's I'm, do it. I'm, I'm right thinking the... about it already. So I would say for me, this is going to go taste. I'm, I'm giving it a, a six i'm giving it a six which is good i mean i'm saying this is good it take i'm very satisfied with it i could crushability you know we could easily do six let's say crushability score as well as the six taste score i'm giving them half a point for their sustainability instead of the full point because they are you know halfway there maybe and, and you know and we're if they want uh, to get the other half of the way there, um, again, Renew could help with that. So that's I'll get a full six and a half and a six crushability on my end. <laughs> I I agree with your half a point in the renewability, Nathan, but uh, I'm going to give them a nine on the taste and a ten on the crushability. Wow. <laughs> this is my idea. <laughs> I love this. We're, we're going to end up with Miller in the top five. You guys are hilarious. I actually, so I'm going five on taste which is higher than I expected to give it. I'm actually really enjoying this. There are other of these widely available lagers that are much less flavorful. They, they, you get a hit of water, or a, but this is a pretty sick good, this is a really tasty beer and very refreshing. And, okay, I'm impressed by the uh, sustainability as you guys are. I was expecting to give them nothing, but I'm going to give them a half point on that because they've set the targets, they're measuring, they're doing what need, they're, you know, they're making progress. Um, so they're five and a half. And I'm giving another half point for being uh, the high life. <laughs> the high life. <laughs> All right. I don't usually give a brand point, but I just love being able to say we are living. The, the high, high life. life. Thank you. The Thank high you. life. Yeah. They're, I mean, their marketing department, yes. They're, that, that gets a half a point right there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, yeah absolutely. So I'm a six. So that's a good six. Uh, so I, I was going to go with um, four for flavor, but then I, I don't want to hurt Carter's feelings. So I'll go with uh, I'll go with five. Um, right, right in the middle, <laughs> like that's average, right? I mean, zero to ten. Uh, and then sustainability sure give, give them the half point um crushability uh i mean i'm like thinking like do i go like crushability now crushability prime mike savage uh but either way i'll go <laughs> i'll go i'll go I'll, I'll go like 22 i feel like over the course of a day that's uh <laughs> Is that 22. is that is that is that Mike Savage, the father of two year old twins, or is that prime Mike Savage on the crushability? If it's been a long day, maybe thirty. I, I don't know. No. <laughs> Mike Savage crushability has two metrics. Yeah, prime um, Mike. You're not past your prime Mike. You're yeah. you're in a pause here. 
you know, that just has a lot more variables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's There's, you know, time is not not constant right now. So, uh, yeah, you know, it moves, it ebbs and flows, yeah. it's a circle, all that stuff. Uh, Easily the highest crushability score you've given since you started that metric. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the drink... It's very crushable. Yeah, the drink's beer. gone. I, I feel... I feel uh, like I just I hydrated, hydrated, ready for a workout. <laughs> um, I did, I did hear. All right, so I feel um, I I don't feel like we need to see where this one ranks based off of where we are. It's a six point eight seven five. It does not make the top five or anything, but still respectable score for for Miller High Life. A good, a good respectable time. score, but not in the top five. No. Not for, Thank not you, for the Nathan, top five. Okay. for being right on the scorekeeper. I got now. you. Yeah, no problem. While I do love it, I don't think it deserves <laughs> a spot in the top five with the harshness you guys yeah. rank it with. You guys are pretty critical. <laughs> I'm just protecting Urban Chestnut. Yeah. They're, I think they're hanging on at number five. <laughs> I, We have to, well, two things. We have to drink Trillium. We went to the Trillium Brewery as a team uh, two weeks back and I had a, I don't remember the name of it, but it was some sort of wine flavored sour that might it might have been my favorite beer. It was a twelve percent beer. It tasted like it was six. Um, it shouldn't have that kind of crushability. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a great moment. You were sitting next to me, and you turned to me and said, "This may be the best beer I've ever had." <laughs> I could do six of these. And I said, what's the ABV, Mike? And you, <laughs> you looked at the bottle and said, 12%, maybe not six. <laughs> hey, it's it, that was a great, it was a good time at Trillium. Have, have we never done Trillium? It is number four. Trillium, no, you have done Trillium is number four. We could re-review, though, because I wasn't there. I, I didn't get to review it, so I'm, I'm happy to do it. Right. Uh, but you're actually, Urban Chestnut's sitting pretty at number three. So we got oh, wow. uh, Anderson I Valley's forgotten. number five. So uh, okay, Urban Chestnut's sitting. Urban, Urban Chestnut's it's... pretty safe. <laughs> for now, for now, for now. wait till that was a couple good trilliums outing. on there. That was a good team outing to Trillium, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Work hard, play hard. Absolutely great team effort by Renew here. Um, Great podcast, guys. Until next time, we'll try to outdo it. Carter, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been it great. A blast. Keep on keeping on in Utah. Well, we we're uh, looking for you know hiking pictures and such. So yeah, I'll send some this Wonderful. weekend. <laughs> Keep living the high life, guys. The high life. To the high life. <laughs> the right, high so. life. Green beers is brought to you by Renew Energy Partners your partner in building decarbonization. Decarbonizing your building is good for the earth and it's a smart business move, but it's complicated and it can cost you a lot of money. Our goal is to decarbonize your building while saving you money. So all of those retrofits pay for themselves. Learn more at renewep.com.